and welcome, my friends. This is the Rise to the Top, the number one badass show for mediapreneurs. I'm David Seidman Garland. Welcome aboard. Brand freaking spanking New Year 2013. Let's pop the cork on the champagne, whatever shenanigans that we do for the New Year's. Let's kick it off today. Very, very excited about today's guest. I'm not going to waste any time. We're just going to hop right into the, letting you guys know what's going on here. So Guy Kawasaki is in the house today. He is the author of 12 books, including Ape, which is not a book about you know, chimps, apes, all that kind of stuff. It's a book about publishing. It's author, publisher, entrepreneur. He's also written What the Plus, Enchantment, 12 books. He's also the co-founder of alltop.com and former chief evangelist of Apple. And he's told me before that he feels he is the top middle-aged Asian-American hockey player, ice hockey player in California. So those are those are some of his claims to fame. He's in the house today to talk about the new book. We're talking about, you know, some things about publishing and then a very interesting conversation about Google Plus versus Facebook. Very interesting conversation. I'll be interested to hear your take on this as always below on the rise to top.com. All that is coming up right now. So before we get started, you know, I've got a couple uh, little shameless plugs for you before we get going with today's episode. A couple cool things going on. So first of all, Let's talk sponsorship for a second. Brand new year, 2013. And you know what I try to do is I try to reach out to people uh, and people reach out to me that I feel are, are a perfect fit for mediapreneurs. So, you know, all of us, people that create, you know, new media, online media, you know, tools and, and products and stuff that we can all use. And I am very excited to announce that our big sponsor, they've been with us for a while, Citrix Online. They are back this year, my friends, and they've always got cool stuff for you. Let's talk about Go to my PC, one of my favorite products that they have going on. So really what this is all about is accessing your, your files. Now, I know there's nothing more exciting than accessing your files, right? But uh, let's seriously for a second, you can access all your home files, um, your work files, everything from all kinds of different devices, you know, your iPad, your iPhone, um, you know, your laptop, wherever. So you can basically access everything from one point. Uh, which makes it incredibly easy to use. Uh, all you have to do is just quickly install it. You're off to the races. So I've got a new link for you because I want you guys to check this out. Here's what you got to do. Free, okay? Here it is, 45-day free trial. So if you want to try an app out, download an app for your iPhone, you know, iPad, all that kind of kind of jazz, then head over to this new link, all right? Very, very important. TheRiseToTheTop.com slash go to my PC. TheRiseToTheTop.com slash go to my PC. And you're not going to have to enter a promo code or anything like that. It's already all set up for you. 45-day free trial, no risk. So check it out. Go to my PC. So uh, we're happy to have them back. And you know, like I said, I only promote and, and give love to things that I think are awesome. So uh, very excited to have them back here for 2013. And finally, the cat is out of the bag on this one. If you are a web show host... Web show host, so you have a web show or a podcast, which I know a lot of you are. Um, this also isn't for anyone, everyone by any means whatsoever. But if you are a web show host or podcaster and you want 12 weeks of exclusive step-by-step -step training, coaching, and accountability because you want to dominate the world and take your game to the next level, I want you to check out my new program. Uh, it's application only. It's called The Host to the Top. So you can check it out at the Host to the Top. Dot com. I'll link this up below, of course, in the show notes as well. So very limited spacing in this program. It's only for people that are super serious, but you can find out all the details, what you get, check out the video, all that kind of jazz really quickly over at thehosttothetop.com, and applications are officially officially now available. So that's enough. I'm going to shut up right now. Let's get to Guy Kawasaki. Enjoy it here on the Rise to the Top. 
All right, welcome, my friends. David Side McGarland, another enchanting episode of The Rise to the Top. Uh, joined today by Guy Kawasaki. Guy, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Second time on the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Always uh, enjoy it. I was, just, uh, I was just joking around beforehand where I wish I could read every author that comes on the show's book, but, you know, I can't. But I read yours. Uh, the new one is Ape, and a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, but actually, I want to start and go backwards. Let's talk about the book first, um, okay. and, and we're going to get some other things we're going to jump into. But um, this is really interesting because it's a book about books and specifically self-publishing, authors, publishers, entrepreneurs. <laughs> and I'm sure you're super sick of talking about the book, but uh, no? let's, let's talk about – you're not. That's good. Um, what inspired you, first of all, to kind of shift? from traditional publishing into the self-publishing world as an author that's been very, very successful with traditional publishing? Yeah, so uh, I had a book called Enchantment, which you know about, yep. and I, I had an order for 500 copies of the ebook version of Enchantment, and my publisher could not fill it. They said, you have to go through a reseller like Apple or Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and so Barnes and Noble and Apple and Amazon, they all told the company you have to buy them one item at a time, and you know deploy it one item at a time. And I, I literally, the person had to buy 500 line items, which I was just amazed. And so about the same time, I fell in love with Google Plus. Right. So I, I self-published a book called What the Plus for Google Plus. And when I did that, I learned how hard it is to self-publish a book. Mm. So that's why I wrote Ape because I wrote What the Plus, and I wrote What the Plus because <laughs> Enchantment could not be sold uh, 500 uh, on one line item. Interesting. And it's funny because I had um, one traditional published book, which was 2010, mm. the only book I wrote. And mm. my experience, uh, I felt as I was reading Ape, was – in many cases, similar to different things. And like, I, I left kind of like, I don't know, like kind of frustrated with the whole, the whole system yeah. um, kind of made me upset. Cause like, I remember, and, and no offense to them or anything, and I don't want to like, you know, rip on them too bad. But um, like, for example, I remember one of my frustrations was, um, you know, when you have a book coming up, you line up a lot of different interviews. And yeah. I called in a lot of different favors to people. And they're like, oh, well, we'd love to do an interview. Can you get us a book? And I said, sure, sure, sure. So I made this list of, you know, a few hundred people or whatever it was to get books out. And, yep. and the publisher's like, oh, we just can't do that. Because it was too much money? Oh, no, they just didn't, like, they weren't ready. Like, there was these, the books were there. They basically, we had trouble. I said, I will fly up there and pack them into little boxes and, and <laughs> ship them out. I'm like, and like, you know, I had to use all my author's copy, which I didn't care about. But the point yeah. was that it caused a situation that I didn't think was going to be extremely stressful. To be pretty darn stressful, you know. Wh why couldn't they? Well, I'm you, you. You lost me here. Why couldn't they mail them? No explanation other than that they just they just couldn't mail them. They just they couldn't get them out, and uh, they, and and I, I don't know. It was too many. Yeah. You know, it was a couple hundred, which yeah. is not too many. So you know, yeah. it was just. But anyway, bottom line was, you know, I kind of went into the traditional publishing thing with very high expectations, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I feel like, and you know, that it was sort of a little weird. I mean, but you, on the other hand, had, had big successes with it, but still decided that, that yeah. you should go a different route. I mean, what, what, what besides, yeah, I mean, besides the, uh, I understand the annoyance of a fulfillment of the, of the ebook thing, you know, you could, people could be saying, guy, you can get huge advances and you can get all those benefits that a lot of other people can't from traditional publishing. Why do you personally want to control kind of everything from start to finish? Because I 
want to, in particular, control the way the book is sold. Okay. Especially the ebook version. So, uh, you know, with, with Amazon right now, we're in a 90-day exclusive. I, you know, I don't know if my publisher would have done a 90-day exclusive with Amazon. When you're in that exclusive, it enables you to give the book away, uh, which, mm -hmm. believe it or not, is a privilege. And, and so I, I doubt that my publisher would have done that. I also have sold sponsorships to my book. So Samsung sponsors What the Plus. 5,000 people can get it for free. Samsung uses it as a promotion. You know, try to tell your traditional publisher you want to give 5,000 copies or you want to license Samsung 5,000 copies of your book and they're going to give it away. I mean, they would have an aneurysm. Right. Yeah, they uh, would, literally. Yeah. I, I, I seated probably 1,200 people with the book prior to it being published mm -hmm. so that they could review it and copy it and, you know, do all the good stuff. Try telling your traditional publisher, yeah, you know, I'm going to just send uh, 1,200 copies of my manuscript to total strangers that I never met all over the world where there's no intellectual property laws. I mean, right. <laughs> that, that dog don't hunt. Yes. So I, I wanted to do all that. Now, having said that, let me also be honest. If my publisher said to me, "Okay, here's a million dollars, do it our way," hey, that's great. Yeah. Because then you could, yeah, then you could just worry about you're the talent. You show up, and, right. and you do it, and you know, what, oh, great, a million dollars. Yeah, that check. If that check goes through, that sounds good to me too. Yeah, yeah. and also a traditional publisher will take twelve months to get it out, right? Right. And a, a traditional publisher will not ship out the ebook version before the paper version. Mm -hmm. And that's what we just did. And so you're gated by the paper version, and the paper version is typically a six to twelve month process, and a lot can change in six to twelve months. So for all these reasons, I went with self-publishing, or I call it artisanal publishing. Yeah, and I love that. Actually, that's a great phrase, which I enjoyed. I picked that up right in the book, and and I think this is something that will resonate with a lot of our crowd because you know the people that tune in to the rise of the top are what I call mediapreneurs. Right. Yep. So creating online media into new media, creating platforms, doing all these different things and, you know, figuring out their crowd and what they're doing. What did you mean by that term? Because I thought this was such a cool term. It kind of took that almost that that that, that stigma that the self-publishing is like the crap, which is certainly not the case by any means. Well, what I want to communicate is that if you're an artisanal publisher, you control the process from beginning to end. So the content, the cover, the interior design, uh, the marketing, selling sponsorships, selling you know single copies, whatever you have to do, all that is under your control. Now, that's the good news. Uh, another part of the good news is you make more money per copy. Also good news. The bad news is now you are responsible for the cover and the copy editing and the marketing and all that stuff. So I, I don't want to paint a picture that's too idyllic for people that, you know, make more money, have more control. Right. You know, life is good. Well, life is good, but it comes with responsibility. Yeah, and it reminds me kind of like, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of peeps here, myself included, we do a show, right? Like of some kind, a lot of podcasts, a lot of show hosts, a lot of different things like that. And what it's almost that parallel of, Yes. Of self-publishing and publishing versus doing a show, let's say, online that you do that's your baby like this one where you're responsible for everything, okay, versus, let's say, pitching a radio station, traditional TV, things like that that I've done in the past. Yeah. And I remember that was one of my frustrations when I did a local TV show was like stuff would get botched out of my control. Do you know what I mean? Like there was one time the wrong episode actually aired on the wrong day. And there was one of those things where I'm sitting here like – 
it's a nightmare. But I, I agree with you where some people also confuse that with ease. They think like, oh, if you just yeah. take control of it, then it's just easy. You just do it and you're done. They forget that you are playing those roles, which regardless of whether it's book publishing or online online broadcasting and publishing, it's, just, it's really the same idea, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I, you know, a very good analogy is to think of artisanal baker, yep. artisanal winemaker, artisanal brewer, right? So yeah, the good news is you get to you get to pick your your grapes and you get to pick your hops and your grains and you you know you choose the method of brewing and winemaking or baking. That's all terrific, but it also means you are the marketer. I mean, right. you know, you're not working for Anheuser Busch. You're not going to have a Super Bowl commercial with Clydesdales. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a very different world. And a good uh, St. Louis reference, by the way, right there uh, <laughs> was was Anheuser Busch. But you know. <laughs> That's a great point about that. When you got into when you were doing what the plus, your first kind of dive yeah. into this world, and you said that you were like, okay, I, I had some expectations or some thoughts, and and whoa, uh, uh, what was something that was very surprising to you about self self publishing? Maybe you weren't thinking about it. You were like, oh my god, and uh, you know, here's something that was a surprising thing that maybe we should all know about. Uh, well, I'll tell you one simple thing is. With Kindle, you're you're you have two royalty options, seventy percent and thirty percent. Okay. So you know I don't read the fine print. I say, well, this must be an IQ test. I mean, right. Why would you take thirty? And I'll check seventy and thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, come to find out, when you check seventy, it means that there's going to be a delivery charge because Whoa. you know many books or Kindle books are over air through a three G network. So you know, Amazon really have a, has an expense. They're paying some carrier this money. And with What the Plus, there were 120 pictures in it. So, you know, believe me, it was a big file. And so at some there's a there's a trade-off where if your file is so big, then the delivery charge is so much that 35% can actually be a better deal than 70%. But yeah, I don't. Who who reads all the fine print? Right? No, I've never read fine print. That's why I sign my life away on like all kinds of things all the time, like an idiot. And my wife's the opposite. She's the one who will read everything and make sure you know what I mean that that's secured and we balance out like that. So I I understand exactly what you're saying there. Can it's, I? Yeah. Can I send your wife the stuff I need to sign? Oh yeah, she's a master. She's a doctor. She sits there, goes line by line. You'll you'll get it. It'll be very secure. I I meanwhile signing. Oh, give all my money to some, great. There you went. I gotta go. Um, so, so that's an interesting point because I'm sure there's so many little lessons, and there's a ton of lessons like that in Ape, and I want to come back to Ape uh, in a little bit, but it kind of leads me into kind of publishing in general, especially um, on the internet and something that you've been rocking at. I've always been curious about Google Plus because yeah. I'm on Google Plus mildly half-assed, but I'm yeah. on there, and, and I check in and I do stuff. You had a big platform pre-Google Plus, especially yeah. Twitter was was kind of like your your sort of – baby, if you will, in a lot of cases, but yeah. you got really pumped about Google+. Plus. So so my two-part question, number one, are you equally pumped now as you were kind of back then when you first yes. got into it? Uh, uh, even more because they just introduced communities. Which I love. I'm in like a show host one, and it's awesome. And uh, besides that, though, what really enticed you, you know, being someone that already has a built-in platform. So meaning like, you know, you could go on anything. If you could you could be on anything. What got you so excited about this where you like went all in, wrote a book, like did all these different <laughs> things. Like what was it about Google Plus that maybe some of us are missing or just yeah. like, "Oh my god, what we should be doing well, this." 
So first, there's, there's many things I love about Google+. Plus. So I'll just go down the list. Okay. Number one, I like the white open space aesthetics of the interface. Yeah. It's sort of kind of like an Apple store, it right? It's yep. not like Best Buy. It's more like an Apple store, right? So Facebook is like Best Buy. You're not sure which department you're in and, you know, the timeline. How does the timeline work? But you go to the Apple store, you know where you are, right? right. No boxes hanging out, nobody pressuring you. So that was one. Uh, I love the threading of the conversation. Now, Twitter, you post a tweet, and if people know enough, they at mention you back responding to the tweet, but now you have to be searching for every at mention to see their response. Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody like me, there's like you know hundreds of at mentions, so how do you possibly thread a conversation in Twitter? No can do. Right. Um, I love the fact that the pictures are big and in line. Vis-a-vis mm -hmm. uh, -vis Facebook, you know, Facebook, when you post something, between 10 and 15% of the people who have opted in to see your posts see your post. Right. And this just bends my brain. I mean, these people have opted in and they can't see it because Facebook has decided that it's not relevant for them. You know, yeah, what I know it's crap because I, I have a big – yeah, I mean, I'm a, big, I'm a big Facebook person and I remember that – you know, but it's the risk you take with any platform – that's free. You're, play, you're, you're playing by their rules. If they want to decide tomorrow that it's going to be naked photos of people that are going to show up in your stream, it's going to be naked photos. You know? Or, or how about they decide that you know any photos you post might be used in an ad and right? And you flip up, yeah, and you open up. So you're like, what? The heck? You know, imagine if it was in a magazine. How funny would that be? You're like, what? You know? You know, yeah, so you know, you're you're Kim Kardashian and you're trying to protect your image, and all of a sudden your your pictures are going to be in the uh, Instagram ad. I mean, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. To me, that was you know. And it's interesting. Do you see that as those sort of like a violation of of trust or do you see it as a case of sort of, you know, well, it's, you know, they're going to figure out a way to make money and they're going to kind of hose you. <laughs> they're either going to go out of business or they're going to find a way to make money and this is the way that they kind of did it. Yeah, but, well, okay, so one side of me says uh, you, you should think of Facebook or Google Plus or Twitter. It's kind of like a free party, right? So you got right. invited to the party. So when you go to the party, don't complain about the food because yep. the party is free. Right. I understand that. Um, on the other hand, if you invite me to the party and you tell me the the food is free, and I go there and I'm eating and I'm eating and I'm you know happy, I'm making, moving and grooving, and then you know one day you or after you've been at the hour the party for a few hours and loving it, they tell you, ah, oh, we just changed. You have to pay for the food. Uh, I understand it's within their right to do that. I also understand maybe it was poorly drafted terms of service. I understand it may be misinterpreted, but I also understand that you know you got to be pretty stupid to make a mistake <laughs> like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Right. Like, well, you know, big surprise. Yeah. Your first thing arises. Wow! Knock me over with a feather. I never would have thought that would happen. God. No, it's a great point because I always thought there, and I was I was talking to my dad about this the other day because I was explaining it to him because he. You know, he's kind of getting used to this whole internet. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it, and, you know, I, I basically said the same thing. Like, there's a, a right way and a wrong way to do things. And also, though, I always think about this way. When you have a company that – or a platform, like you said, it's a party, and it's a free party, and, and, you know, you're draining the tequila, and you're having a great time. At some point, if they're not making money or if they change their strategy, they're either – they're going to be like, the tequila's gone, get the heck out – because they're going out of business, because yeah. they they haven't made any money and they've they've lost investors' money or whatever, or yeah. they're gonna say the tequila is two dollars, or you have to <laughs> here read this booklet and then you can have the tequila, whatever or, it is. Do or you know how, I mean? 
They're going to use you in the tequila commercial. Yeah, you're now in a tequila commercial. You didn't know that, by the way, when you came in after your first 20 shots, but you're in a tequila uh, commercial now. So it's just an interesting uh, kind of standpoint of content. you know. And, and so you're saying, though, but with Google+, Plus, do you, do you have like a little bit more, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, trust in the system that something like that you know, isn't necessary to worry about? Uh, well... You know, I guess there's some people who look at Google as the big, bad, you know, big data in the sky. I don't. And so I haven't, you know, there's no ads on Google+. Plus. The timeline is perfectly sequential. You're not trying to go this way and that way. Yeah. Uh, and, and the threading is better. So, Guy, you were saying kind of about, try, and I'm, I'm with you too, by the way, in terms of Google. I, I, I like Google's stuff, always have. Um, uh -huh. But you were talking about that you kind of, have a little trust there in terms yes. of with the platform. Yes. I, I have a little trust. Uh, I, I haven't seen any history of you know changing deals in the middle of the stream, right? So there's still no advertising. Uh, as far as I can tell, if I post to my closest 3.6 million friends, all 3.6 million friends can see it. Uh, it's not can see it if they plus one, if they shared, if they've interacted. It's mm. everybody can see it. Now, if you're not at the computer, you're not going to see it. But, you know, I, I would at least like that if someone opted in to circle me that they can see everything I've done. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. For all these reasons, um, for me, Google Plus is to Facebook what Macintosh is to Windows. Uh, oh, so wow, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. So I think, I think Macintosh is better. It's used by fewer people. And for the longest time, many experts said that it was going to die. Now let's look at Google+. Oh, that's an interesting, that's exact same, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> Used by fewer people, and all the freaking experts say it's going to die. So I had like this deja vu experience, which led me to write What the Plus. Uh, interesting. And, and communities, by the way, is something that I am loving on there. What a great idea that is, um, in terms of you can now be in a little community. Like I'm in one that's called like, podcasters and broadcasters or something online broadcast something like that and i and that's a really cool thing because you just get you get notified and it's just you can stay in the conversation and it just seems to be a really good high level um kind of user group more than facebook i think as well i mean have you noticed with communities that's been something yeah. pretty cool i have a, a community for uh, authors publishers and entrepreneurs as you can imagine ah, and so apes. right yes it's a writing community and it's very enjoyable, very useful. Um, you know, you could not do something like this with Twitter, right? There, there's no such thing as a community on Twitter. Uh, best case is everybody's trained to look for a hashtag. Uh, I, I think this is far beyond. And also, you know, the other killer app of Google Plus is Hangouts and Hangouts on right. Air. Right. Uh, you know, it's hard to do what do that anyplace else. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And and, and the not one of the knocks that I've heard on Google Plus and you know, it's just like there's a knock on everything, like you said, on, on Apple and everything back in the day. The the one, though, that affected me maybe the most, and I think because of just what I do and what, what everyone else does here, um, is that thought that the community on there is very kind of like tech nerdy, for lack yeah. of a better term. That is, the, that, I'm just saying this is a stereotype, is that it's the, it's, it's, it's the tech nerdy, it's not mainstream whatever that means so that your topics that you have to talk about on there or should talk about on there have to cater a bit more towards that sort of audience 
I think that's total bullshit. Um, basically, you know, whatever your interests are in life, you should go to Google Plus and search. So, to, you know, take an extreme example, which I have no interest in whatsoever. Go there and type the word knitting, and you you're will not find a, you're not into knitting. That's shocking. No, no, yeah. No. So a lot of people are into knitting. There are knitting circles. There are knitting companies. There are knitting hobbyists and enthusiasts. Uh, I dare say, if you go there, you know, they, they have. They have a hundred and I don't know. Let's say let's say Facebook has a, a billion people, and let's say that Google Plus has I don't know two hundred million. You know, so it's something like that, right? So with two hundred million people, you pretty much reach critical mass. It's not like the last eight hundred million had all the knitters. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so and and then if you do the math, this is how the math works in my brain. So if if Facebook shows your posts to 10% of the people, but they have 10 times more people. So a billion people, 10% of it could see it, so it's 100 million. Google Plus has, I don't know, 200 million people, and 100% of the people right. you could see it. Arguably, Google Plus has twice as many people, effectively. Yeah, yeah. no, it's an interesting way of looking at it. You know? Yeah, what am I missing? Yeah, and also I've noticed that because Google Plus came a little later in the game, yeah. you know, and I, I see that, honestly, as a, as a bit of an advantage because I was, and actually I have no documented proof of this, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, is, that, is that I was one of the first, just by accident, uh, 10,000 users on Facebook because what happened was when it came out in 2004, um, I was, or it was, a, yeah, yeah uh, at the end of that year, I was at Washington University in St. Louis, which I believe was the 12th, 10th or 11th, school added and I just happened to be there didn't know obviously anything I was just oh here this is and I've watched it through the years and what I've noticed though now is that you kind of have a and I love and I, I'm a fa I like Facebook but it becomes a little bit of a monstrosity because yeah. you've got the college friends from like way back here and you've got these people from here and you've got your friends friends and then just people that follow the show and 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 these other people and people that look really weird but I'm connected to them and I'm a little scared of them you know whatever <laughs> it is you've got all these people on there and it seems like Google Plus in many cases because of when it came out it's sort of like okay we can build our network from scratch and and, and maybe around a topic of interest and yeah. maybe it could be a little bit more powerful smaller but powerful as you said yeah. Well, you know, my thing is, geez, okay, you know, it's not clear to me that I want my old friends from high school and college. You know, I mean, I have different interests now. They they may not show, share my same passions. So the way I look at it is, Twitter is for for uh, perspectives. You know, that the line at mm -hmm. Starbucks is long, and Facebook is for people, people that you already know. And Google Plus is for passions. Ah. So, love photography. You love hockey. You love knitting. And your high school classmates and your college classmates don't love it. Then Facebook is not very good for you. But if you want to go to Google Plus and start from scratch, you know, and base your social social world on people who share your current passions, Google Plus is better. All right, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting to think about. Now, one more little topic, then I want to wrap up with a couple of things on the book, and we're going to give links out and all that kind of jazz. Um, but I want to talk about your your strategy in terms of content curation um, online is very different <laughs> than a lot of people and a lot of advice that's out there and a lot of different things. Because you're going to hear things like, 
you know, oh, you just got to post your own thing, you know, once a week. You're going to hear things about, you know, just share a couple posts a day. You have, in many cases, a volume play in the, in the amount of content that you share, like meaning yeah. a lot of content that you share. So my question bluntly is, why do you do that? <laughs> That's my question. Yeah. So for me, social media is a means to an end, okay? And that end is selling books, helping the companies I invest or advise. Uh, it, it, it is a means to an end. It is not an end in itself. Uh, one of the ends I am not trying to pursue with social media is making more friends. I, I don't want any more friends. I don't need any more friends. I have four children. Uh, between my children and you know the relationships that that cause, I got plenty of friends. Okay, so maybe when you're in college and you're using Facebook, you want more friends. Hallelujah, use Facebook. But at 58 years old, I'd like fewer friends. So it's a it's a means to an end, and for me, what I want to do is I want to position myself in a certain way. I want to position myself as an expert in entrepreneurship, in influencing people, you know, sales, marketing, and now artisanal publishing. And so my calculation is since I cannot generate high volumes of, of content anymore, I just don't have the time nor sure. necessarily the logic, but the value I can add to the people who follow me is curation. So I can find good stuff that's relevant to anybody who's interested in publishing or entrepreneurship or venture capital or, you know, et cetera, down the line. So I and some people who help me, we look for good content all day. We write up like a one-sentence thing and, you know, we add a, the link to the original source. So all the original sources love me because I don't steal their story. I point people to their yeah, story. Yeah, and, and, you, and you did that to me way back in the day in a, on, a, on a post that I did in 2009 that actually ironically led to the book deal because that post got so much exposure, and that was you. So I, I, I owe you uh, – a credit and maybe a hug and a punch at the same time. I don't know. So, so my I I also believe you know I I don't think that everybody who wants to read your post is at the computer at the same time. Never, ever. So ever. I repeat my tweets four times, eight hours apart, and I, I can guarantee you that nobody does that, yeah. right? Oh, except spammers. So. Yeah, who writes the same post over and over again for eight hours. Yeah, exactly. So the reason why I do this is because I always want to catch all the time zones. Yep. And it has worked very well. I could show you that if, if I would have gotten 500 clicks for one post, when I post that thing four times, I get 2,000 or 2,500 clicks. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you rather have, 2,500 page views or 500? I mean, this ain't rocket science at some level. Right. And so uh, I do that, and it's worked extremely well. But you know, go ask a social media expert: Should I quadruple my posts? Should I, you know, always be posting links? I mean, I break every rule. On the other hand, also ask the, the quote social media expert: You know, how many followers you have? Because right, sixteen, <laughs> right, or something like that. Right, yeah. God followers than you and he's breaking all your rules hmm maybe uh this is causation not correlation right and, and have you ever also another um interesting piece of advice i'll just put it there as i say it interesting piece of advice um is that what you mentioned is you've become sort of i don't want to use the word like expert but like known for or, you know which expert in different areas right entrepreneurship ape uh google plus these different areas right some yeah. people would argue well guy 
isn't that going to be a challenge for you on social media because you know you know you're going to someone's going to see the tweet that they don't care about then they're going to see that you know that maybe they're not into entrepreneurship they're only into publishing maybe they're into photography and not this if you said okay you know what screw it screw it i'm multi-passionate i've got a few different things they all kind of intertwine and i'm going to do it and everyone can go to hell uh I haven't told people to go to hell. Well, not necessarily hell, but H-E double hockey sticks or another place that's not so fun. But basically, you know, I, I believe with social media, if you circle me, friend me, or subscribe to me, you're making a voluntary choice, okay? So I can't tell you how much it pisses me off. Like, I don't know how you feel, but I'm kind of a liberal guy, right? So yeah, I was, I'm same. I'm same. I was supporting Obama, right? And now... I, I'm trying to support gun control, and I'm trying to point out just the, like the lunacy of the NRA and you know all this kind of stuff. And I get these comments in my post that say, "Well, you know, you're being careless and reckless uh, because you don't provide both sides of the story of gun control." Well, unsubscribe and go away. That's what I would say to them. Yeah. Exactly. I said, yeah. So let me ask you something. Just you know, tell me the truth. If I were posting pro NRA. You know, every family should have an AK-47 with a maximum or a minimum of two clips of 30 bullets each. If I was telling you that, and because, you know, someday you might be in your backyard and, God damn it, this herd of deer, 30 deer attacked you. And if you had a semi-automatic rifle and you only had six clip, six bullets in the clip, and 30 deer attacked you. 24 are going to get you. 24 are going to get you you do or you know you saw the movie red dawn and and what if barack obama goes rogue and he puts the you know the he, he stations the u.s tennis off san francisco and then he sends seal team six in to take over your house don't you want to have a semi-automatic rifle um, semi-automatic rifle so you can defend your house against barack obama and all the you know the military that's going to invade you and like you know what drug are you guys on? I mean, I, you know, if, if Barack Obama sells sends seal, seal Team Six to get me, I guarantee you they will win, no matter what rifle I have. So I don't know how we got on this thing. No, but no, anyway. but the topic of being that basically it's your decision to follow you, right? right. My decision, meaning like. The easiest thing to do is if someone I, – I, because there's way too – I hate that stuff too. It's like when people say, oh, you shouldn't have said this or done this or posted that or I hated that or I, whatever. I was like, then don't follow, don't subscribe, don't circle, don't whatever it might be. It's a choice. It's not like you come walking into people's house like the, like the Ayatollah or something and they have to listen to you. It's not like that. Well, you know, the, the – I mean – I, it would not occur to me to call up Fox and complain that they don't have more positive coverage of liberal issues. You know, right. you change the channel. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Not that hard. Yeah, and I think that's a good lesson, though. It's a good takeaway for people, though, because seriously, I think people get one of the things that frustrates me about just social media or whatever you want to call it online um, is where people they get scared to post stuff. Because they're worried about that backlash, whatever it is. I don't care if it's po political, whatever. It's interesting because I was talking with Seth Godin recently, and he was saying kind of the same thing about the comments on his blog, why he turned them off. And yeah. he was saying that he just would <laughs> he would write a post, and then he'd be like, oh, God, some people aren't going to like it, and some people are going to make a comment. And he starts editing it, and then he's yeah. like, oh, God. And then by, by the time he's done trying to, quote, unquote, appease everyone, he's got a piece of crap that he's going to go post out there. So he said, you know what, I'm going to do it and, and screw it. And so it, it's just uh, that's kind of my philosophy with it. I, I just don't want people to edit themselves. I don't care if it's the opposite viewpoint of whatever my view is. 
I just want people to do it, and if I don't like it, I'll just get rid of you, you know? <laughs> and I, I have to also admit that I would never, let's say that, I don't know, Bill O'Reilly or somebody or Sarah Palin has a, you know, a Google Plus account, right? It would never occur to me to go to her place and say, I follow you, and unless you adopt more liberal views, I am going to unfollow you. I mean... Ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, and, and so, yeah, I think we, we just, you know, bottom line is, you know, what's nice about the internet world, honestly, or just the world in general, is you can align and follow and subscribe and circle around the people you want to and you right. don't necessarily have to to the people that you don't. Right. I mean, it's and that simple. It's And it's that beautiful. And, you know, I, I think one of the, the signs of true cluelessness is when you start telling people what to put on their personal timeline. Yeah. If you're liberal, conservative, you know, Democrat, straight, gay, bisexual, transsexual, hypersexual, anti-sexual, you are. It is your timeline. Post what you want. And if you don't like reading that person's stuff, don't freaking read it. I, mean, I love it. I love it. Ties it up in a beautiful bow, guys. So we went on. We went down about 804 rabbit holes today. This was an absolute blast. I think we covered everything from from we we touched on ape. We talked publishing. We talked Google Plus. We talked about a gunfight with deers. We covered a lot of different things today. <laughs> Possibly more than any other conversation here. I want to make sure though um, that we kind of wrap up on the book here and, and get, make sure we get people some links. I'm gonna have some links below. Um, ApeTheBook.com is the website to checking out more stuff and just you know give us a uh, give us a little plug or, or a little love for it for people because I know our audience specifically this is gonna be something to resonate with. It is a book that I read and enjoyed. So give us a little. Uh, a little shameless plug here. Basically, you know, uh, I, I believe in the democratization of information, that you should not have to be rich and powerful to obtain information nor disseminate information. And I think self-publishing is, you know, just one, just one just big nail in the coffin of people who are trying to control information and make it only for certain groups of people. So uh, to be successful in self-publishing or artisanal publishing, as I call it, you have to be an author and a publisher and an entrepreneur. You need to be an ape. Awesome. So get ready to wear those three hats. Uh, Guy, we're going to link that up below. And thank you so much. This was, a, this was a blast. I love the black background, by the way, as we have a storm going on here. So I look like I'm like the apocalypse and you have the cool background. So uh, thank you so much. This was a blast as always. Bye-bye. This was Guy Kawasaki on the Rise to Top. All that stuff's linked up below. Remember, join the Rise VIP list at therisetop.com slash VIP. I'm David Seidman Garland. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny. And a couple quick reminder, guys, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, if you want to check out the host of Top, so if you're a web show host or, you know, a podcaster and you want to take your game to the next level and you want to check out my new coaching and training and accountability program, it's going to be super, super badass. Head over to thehostatop.com. You can see all the details, see if it's the right fit, you know, apply if it's up your alley. Cool. And also, another quick shout out to our good friends at GoToMyPC by Citrix Online. It is the easiest way to access your home files, iPad, iPhone, you know, from anything. You don't need a PC. It's, it works for Macs. It works for everything. So free trial on me. Head over to therisetothetop.com slash go to my PC and you'll automatically be all set. You just have to enter your information. You're going to get a 45-day, you know, no obligation, free trial, super quick sign up. Love for you to check it out. Would love to hear your thoughts on the product as well. So that's it and I'll see you next time.